right, I feel a little bit better now, Jero. I think we can, I feel a little bit better. I do as I watched you guys worship. And more and more was putting up there. And yeah, I see this is a crowd. You're, you're longing for God today. And so am I. So I believe the spirit of God is here. And if the spirit of God is here in the atmosphere, I believe something going to happen in Hope Elam this morning. Are you ready? Let's see what we got. Ah, hope appears right on time. Oh, boy, that's good preaching. Grace appears right on time. Healing appears right on time. That's our new sermon series that we're going to embark on. Me and Pastor John, love you, John, as we continue to navigate these biblical waters. Let's see what we're going to talk about today. Bam, sweep the house. Mmm. You know, it's, um, look at that. Mm. And that's customary. That's customary. Thank you, God. Now it's you. We'll jump off here. Clearly. Luminously. No matter how erudite and cerebral we are. That's good. That's good. No matter how erudite or cerebral we are. We do not have the intellectual capacity to find out what's the ultimate destination and journey point for Hope Elam. Not anywhere in our mental investigation or spiritual scrutiny can we dictate how this all is going to turn out. But one thing that I do know, something that will guarantee our success, something that will guarantee our victory is the presence of God. If we have the presence of God, our victory is guaranteed. So if the presence of God assures our victory, because the Almighty will order our steps in his word and we will step with authority because we must go to fulfill the assignment. And so in order for us to do that, it would behoove us to investigate, to navigate, to scrutinize how do we invoke this Holy Spirit to come into our place to make sure that we have the victory that God has already given us. God's presence is imperative and paramount on our Christian journey when crisis and chaos and situation comes up. If you have the presence of God, the Bible says if God is for you, then who or what can be against you? If you have the presence of God, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. If you have the presence of God, the presence of God is all you need. So how do we get that presence of God? I'm so glad you asked, amen. We must sweep the house. We got to sweep the house. You got you to gotta move some furniture. 
You know, you got you to gotta sweep them in the corners. It's, 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 it's spring cleaning. Anybody spring cleaning out there yet? Anybody washing windows, putting grass seed down? The season is changing, and when the season change, you got to sweep the house. How I came up with this, you know, I got a whole bunch of old Elam stuff, but I got a whole bunch of new Hope Elam stuff. But now the Hope Elam stuff is overtaking the Elam stuff, but the Elam stuff got all the room. Oh, y'all going to stay with me in a minute. So what I had to realize, I had to realize I had to get rid of the old to make room for the Oh, yeah, somebody, y'all gonna get with me in a minute. So that's what I say, what I need to do, I need to sweep the house. Is any of y'all a little neat freak like me, like stuff, real? It's okay, it's okay, you know, you don't, can't you tell, you, you know, you want stuff. <laughs> neat, okay? You gotta, you gotta sweep the house. And the reason you need to sweep the house as we pick up speed, next slide. Here we go. The reason you need to sweep the house is for three reasons that we're going to jump off today. What time? Okay. First thing we have to do, we have to search for what's missing. No, like all that change down in your couch that, oh man, all right. You got to search for what's missing. Then you have to seek what's mandatory. And what's mandatory is the spirit of the Messiah. Do y'all got that? So let's see what we have to do to search what's missing. Psalm 139. 23 for those at home. Hi, those online. I was so caught up in my prayer, I forgot to greet you. But that's good for you. I know the people online looking around their house right now saying, dang, I got to do some sweeping. Okay. <laughs> so glad to include them. Psalm 1, search me. Search me. Search me, oh God. But watch this. And know me. And once you search me and know me, God, test me. Test me, God, because you know my anxious thoughts. God, you know when something's missing, you become anxious. So, God, search me because I'm looking what's missing in my life. In fact, in Psalm 139, it says, you know my down-sitting and my uprising. You know my going out and my coming in. Search me, O oh God, because you've told me I'm fearfully, wonderfully, marvelously made. Search me, O oh God. I need that what is missing. My father is in the hospital, God. Search me, O oh God, that I... I know that you are a bomb in Gilead and you still heal and send sick souls. Search me, oh God, when my brother has passed away. God, let me know that I am the resurrection and the life. Search me, oh God. And the reason we need to search God, because we got to seek what's mandatory. Oh, I feel my help coming on now. Watch it, Luke 6, 6. I wish I had the Bible readers. Write them down if you're with me. Luke 6, 6, the man with the deformed hand, the man with the withered hand, the man with the disabled hand. If you go to um, Luke 6, 6, it says that he was in the synagogue. For all of you who are here today, you are seeking what's mandatory, and I'm so happy for you. That's why my fervent prayer is that you get something out the sermon that you could use all week. First of all, seek what's mandatory. He was in the synagogue, and his hand was withered. 
And Jesus seen him seeking him. Seek the Lord while he can be found. Call on his name while he is near. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. It's something about seeking God. The man with the deformed hand, he was seeking God. And when Jesus seen him, he said, stretch forth your hand. Now let me put a little pin in it right here. You know, when Jesus was about to heal his hand, you know it was the church people that told him he shouldn't be healing on the Sabbath. Oh, oh okay, I, I, I do hope, okay, I just, had to, I just had to throw that in. So when somebody's coming here seeking, don't be the one to say what they're doing. Be the one that'll start praying that they will find what they know that is missing in their life, and it's mandatory that they seek God. So he said, stretch forth your hand. Now, fact check me in verse 10, when he stretched forth his hand, his hand. Oh, my God. Wait, the Bible read his sequence mandatory. Because y'all didn't get that one, I'm going to go to Luke 13. The woman bent over. See, if y'all make some noise, then I won't keep giving you. The, the, the less noise you make, the more Bible you're going to get. Ha! <laughs> so if, if, I'm, if you get too much Bible, just say, no mas, no mas. I'm good, I'm good. Luke, all right, here, I'm going to keep it coming. Luke 13, the woman bent over. Fact check me right around verse 10. But where was the woman at? Look at her shaking her head. Where was the woman at? The woman was where? In the synagogue. Where Jesus was, just where you are. You are in the holy place right now. And if ever the presence of God shows up and that veil gets torn and we go beyond the veil and if we get to the holies of holies, y'all going to be shouting, y'all going to be running, y'all going to be clapping, stomping. She was bent over. Huh? And when Jesus seen her, he saw her, he called her. And guess what she did? Come on, fact check me. She raised up. Ah, I don't know how you came in this morning, but you are seeking what's mandatory. What's mandatory? The spirit of the Messiah. Micah 3.8. Truly, I am full of power by the spirit of of the Lord. Okay, no clapping. Zechariah 4 6. Not by, I told y'all, no clapping, more scripture. Not by might, not by force, but by my spirit. I'm gonna still give you another one. <laughs> Romans 1 16. This is my favorite one. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the good news of Christ because it is the power of the Spirit. It is the power of God at work saving everybody who believes. You must seek. You must seek. You must seek what's mandatory because if something is missing in your life, you're in the right place to get exactly what you need, and what you need is the spirit of the Messiah. Ah, something. Wow, something. Something about that name, Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
When my baby hugged me today, I went up to my office and all I kept saying is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So just before I came down here, I said, God, okay. You know, my wife kept my notes. She didn't give them to me. So what am I going to tell the people? And he said, tell the people one word and one name. Jesus. I must be on this side. Jesus. Oh, who want to say it with me? Jesus. Oh, who want to say it with me? Oh, who want to say it with me? Like we want him to show up. Who want to say it with me? Something. There's something. Oh, boy, if I was in the right house, something about the name Jesus. Come on, Corey. It is the sweetest name. See, if Kyle was up there, we would just go on somewhere else now. John would be, where's the operation? Where's the operation? We'll be operating right on in the spirit. (laughs) There is no salvation. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which pastors don't save, denominations don't save, liturgy don't save, Rules and regulation don't save. Bishops don't save. The only one who saves, and his name is, and his name is, he's the only one who saves. Application time. What time is it? Application time. Watch it. John 14, 6 says, we're about to get to the text. John, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to my father, except through me. So let's do a little application for those of you who are visual. You have great God up here. You have sinful man down here. You got Jesus in the middle. The Bible says the only way we get to Jesus, only way we get to God is through Jesus. So if we're sinful man here, we got to look to Jesus (laughs) for our mercy and grace. Come on, Cheryl Hurst, you worried about your father? Look to Jesus. Kent, you worrying about your brother? Look to Jesus. If you worrying about your relationship, look to Jesus. If you worry about your health, look to Jesus. Look up unto the hills from which cometh your help. Your, come, your help cometh from God, the maker of heaven and earth. Looking unto Jesus, Hebrews 12, 2. I see no clapping, more scriptures. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We just left off Jesus. He despised the shame. He got crucified on the cross. But the joy that was set before him, he took it off himself and he gave it to you because Psalm 1611 says, in his presence is the fullness of joy. No clapping, no scripture. I just like that name. I just, because what I need now, I need Jesus. 
I don't need another political uprising. I don't need another conqueror on the scene. What I need is a word. And the Bible said Jesus was the word made flesh. He came down to dwell among us full of grace and truth. Hebrews 14, 12, the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, rightly dividing soul and spirit. Heaven and earth may pass away, but the word of God shall stand forever. It's something about that word. It's something about you. Wait, wait, wait. I can't, I, I can't get off the word. Watch it. The word, John, what is it? John 14, 15? Let's clap in more scriptures. Anything you ask, get excited. Anything you ask, your father, in his name, he will give it to you. You should get excited about Jesus. You should get excited about Jesus because Jesus was the exalted one. He became obedient and he suffered death even on the death of the cross. But then God exalted him. Then God gave him a name ha, above every name. And in that name, every knee shall bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father, no clapping, more scripture. For some of you ain't clapping yet, you need more exposure to Jesus. I feel you. I feel you, you know. Your stoicness is an indication, more Jesus. Because, boy, I tell you something, if you ever let Jesus in, in your heart, something on the inside going to start working on the outside. And you're going to say, what is happening to me? What is happening to me? Well, I want to tell you, and his name is... Exposure. Who exposed? Who? Who exposed? Who exposed? Huh. Solomon says that he's the rose of Sharon, lily of the valley. John says that he's a bright and morning star. Ah, uh, Jeremiah says that he's a he's a hammer. Ah, uh, he's a hammer. He's a hammer. He'll come. He'll come and crush it. You need that exposure. <sighs> what time is it? Yep, let's go to the text. Apprehend. The text, Thomas needed the presence of God. Now, let me give you some background. Those of you, come on, fact check me on this one. This is a good one. Because those of you who know the Bible, John 11 is primarily about Lazarus and Mary and Martha and rolling away the stone. But if you go to John 11, I might need a fact check because I may not, I'm out here now. I think it's right around verse 16 where Thomas, I don't know how Thomas just got placed in the John 11 and it's just one verse. And John says, I love you, Jesus. He says, wherever you go, I'll go. He says, the disciple Thomas says, I love you, God. But then when we get to chapter 14 of John, something happened. What happened to the love? But Thomas got a bad rap here because this is a little confusing to us because, you know, the church had not been 
the church has not been birthed yet. So he was a little confused because people were dying. So John 14, 1, it says, let your heart not be troubled. Let's clap in more scripture. So if you keep going down, they was like, let your heart be troubled. Jesus says, listen, I got to go prepare a place for you. And the places I'm going to prepare for you is up in heaven. And I'm going to build you a mansion. And I'm going to give you all kind of rubies and diamonds and gold. And, you know, you're going to be walking in Jerusalem just like John. Lame people going to walk right. People who has infirmities going to straighten up. Because you know when you're in heaven, there's no more sickness. Come on, there's no more pain. Come on, there's, ah, there's no more dying. When we all get to heaven, what a glorious time it's going to be. When we all get to heaven, we're going to scream and shout. The victory. So he told uh, Thomas that I got to go prepare a place. Thomas was like, where you going? What you mean? Where you going, Jesus? Now I'm talking, don't raise your hand on this one. I'm talking about those of you who have experienced love, somebody that you really love walking out that door and you can't stop them. Don't raise your hand. I know it's a bunch of us in here. I'll, re- I'll stand in the gap. See how quiet it got? Boy, I ain't messing with y'all love life. That's for sure. Love walks out the door. So Thomas, he could not understand why did love walk out the door for no reason. Then Jesus told him, Thomas, if I tell you, you won't be able to understand. And then Thomas says, well, if I'm going to go, how am I going to know the way? And then he says, I am the way, the truth. And, like, and Thomas, he, he, he got a bad rap because he could not understand that. Come here, Joshua. Moses is dead. You've been following Moses. You've been a good Christian. You've been a good soldier. You've been obedient because obedience is better than sacrifice. You spied out the land. You said we got evidence in our hand. You said whatever God said, then I'm telling you we can go. His sidekick was Caleb, and the Bible says that Caleb wholeheartedly followed God. So Joshua and Caleb was following God. But in Joshua 3, watch it. He could not apprehend. He could not comprehend. God told him, go to the promised land. And Joshua says in Joshua 3, we've never been this way before. Hope Elam. Oh, y'all boy. Hope Elam, we ain't been this way before. You, you, come on. I've never been in a church with this many white people. I ain't never been this way before. But guess what? Now you don't look white to me. Now you look like my brother. Now you look like my sister. Now you look like the Hope Elam family. But at first, I could not apprehend that. I'm like, God, what you talking about? I got a nice church. I got money. What you talking about? I'm Michael Harris. What you talking? He says, go. Sort of like when he told Abraham, get out your father's house and go to a place that I'm going to show you. And I'm going, I'm in Genesis 12. I told you, let's clap in more scripture. My man, my man. He said, oh, he said, okay, enough scripture. He said, I'll go to a place where I show you. And I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. He did not apprehend. But then when you get to John 20, he was absent. Hmm. He wasn't there. 
one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed twin, was not with the others. In 14, he was with them. In 20, he wasn't. Let me stop and say this. God wasn't talking about physically. God was talking about spiritually. Ah, y'all missed it. You can be in a holy place physically, but not have Jesus in your heart spiritually. Ooh, he was absent. And wait a minute. I'm about done. Yeah, we in good time. I'm about done. I really am because, you know, I'll stop right on the. Because I can't take it. I can't take much more of this. Look at I'm sweating. That, see, that's, I can't take much more of this. I, you know, I told people that when I sweat like this, that's the enemy coming out in me because he's mad. Because I dress all up not to sweat. And then I get up here and sweat. I'll be like. Me and God had a conversation every afternoon on my way home. God, why you do that? Watch it. He says, I wasn't there at the crucifixion. Say amen. I wasn't there when Peter and John ran to the tomb. <laughs> I wasn't there when you showed up in John 20. I wasn't there in my heart. I wasn't there in my mind. Now watch the hook on this. Watch the antithesis of this. He went from loving to leaving. Oh, my God. Watch it. Watch it. So he had to acknowledge. Oh, God. Somebody needs right where you're sitting. Right where you're sitting, just I feel it in the house and I'm just obedient to the spirit. Right now in your heart, somebody needs to acknowledge God in your heart right now. You ain't got to raise your hand. You don't have to say nothing. But I feel it in the house. And this is between you and God. I want you to acknowledge him in your heart. Once you have acknowledged him in your heart, he realizes now you're no longer absent spiritually. And once you're no longer absent spiritually, then you will start seeking what's mandatory. And what we found out, what we found out, what we seek that's mandatory is the spirit of the Messiah. Because once you get the spirit of the Messiah, then he will give you that thing that's missing in your heart that made you turn your back on Jesus in the first place. Application, y'all. Too much word. Okay, watch this. Here's a good application, I think. And God will squeeze the glory out of you. Uh-huh. When God really wants you, he will squeeze the glory out of you. He treats us sort of like a tea bag. Any tea drinkers in here? You ain't always in a tea drink. You like tea. Okay? First thing you do with the tea is what? Got to put the water on, right? Put the water on. Next thing, what you got to do, you got to turn the fire up. Why? Because if you got, I know you look like you, you got the uh, teapot like my wife, that whistle when the water. Yeah, it looked like you got one of them too. You could tell my wife I spoil her, can't you? So, so when she drinks tea, she gets the one that goes. So it lets her know when the tea. So what does that mean? That means the water is boiling. 
Okay, now you got the hot water, you got your cup. Then what you do? You pour the, ah, there he is, he with me. You pour the water in the cup. Then you take what Earl Grey, I'm not a tea drinker, but it, you know, she's a little buzzy, so she drinks Earl Grey. I ain't mad at her, I love her for that. So she drinks Earl Grey. So when she takes the Earl Grey tea bag, what does she do? Now, I told you we the tea bag. So what does he do? He takes us that he's trying to squeeze the glory out of us, and he does what? And he dips us in the tea bag, in, into the water. He dips the tea bag into the water. And then what you do? Then you, then you keep dunking it down in there. Then you keep dunking it down in there. So that means the flavor has gone out of the tea bag. But then God says, ah, uh, you may be there physically, but you're not there spiritually. So what do you do? What do you do? Do you do this like my wife when she pulls the tea bag out? She puts it on the spoon and she takes the string and she wraps it around the tea bag. And when she wraps it around the tea bag, she squeezes. And you know, that's where the best, and that's where the flavor comes out when you, oh my God. So see, don't get to the point where God got to put you in hot water. Don't get you to the point where God got to dip you in the cup. Don't get to the point where God got to take the string and squeeze. That's what happened to Thomas. He said, Thomas, Thomas says, and since I seen the nail prints in his side, and the spirit prints, I'm not going to believe. So Jesus said, Thomas, let me squeeze the glory out of you. Give me your hand. When he put it in, uh, then Thomas went from apprehension. Thomas went from being absent to acknowledgement. He acknowledged he said, my Lord, my God. Now, I don't know about you. Now, we done went from Jesus to God. Now, that's a little different sermon because my God can do exceedingly, abundantly, immeasurably, much more than I could ever ask or think. He's a wonderful counselor, almighty, incredible, amazing, supernatural. That's my God. If that's my God, who is your God? To you. Wow. Can we just take 10 seconds and lose our mind as we acknowledge God? Come on, I give you permission right now. I want you to give your clap, yell, come on, give God, come on. I'm about to lose my mind up in here. My God can do exceedingly. My God can do abundantly. My God can do everything that I need. Oh. Ha. Now we have acknowledged God. That means we have accepted him. But it was some Christians who came here today was here physically but not spiritually. But it was some people who came today huh, who had accepted God. These things are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus, you see it? Jesus, the Spirit, is the Messiah, the Son of God, and they that believe in him you will have life led. Mm. Mm. 
You don't need no preacher on that. If you don't know this in your heart, then I, you know. See, at some point, you don't need the preacher. You know that, don't you? At some point, it becomes between you and God. Uh, Romans 14, 12 says, each man, each woman, you got to give your own account. And that's not to me. That's to God. That's why I'll never judge you. I'll never examine you. I'll never criticize you. All I'm going to do is love you because the word says, love your neighbor as yourself. Look how, look at, see the name of Jesus. Look how people act when Jesus, that's how I want us to get. I want us to get to the point where when we say Jesus, we just go crazy. You know, we just forget who we are. Oh, I'm not supposed to do that. No, you go, look at that. Hands up. The name of Jesus. That's the sermon today. I want you to accept Jesus in your heart. Because if you do that first, he will send you where you need to be. Oh, no, that's, oh, my God, y'all don't know what that is. Y'all do, I have no idea what that is. In your heart. And if you do that, once you accept Jesus, then you can come run with us. Once you accept Jesus in your heart, then you realize we all running for Jesus. We running for Jesus because it's something about that name. Oh, Jesus, because there's something about that name, Jesus. Come run with us because there's something missing in your life. And if something is missing in your life, come run with us and we'll show you how to seek what's mandatory, Jesus. And then if we seek what's mandatory, the spirit of the Messiah will show up in this place and healing will happen. Blessings will happen. Stumbling blocks will become stepping stones. Darkness will become light. Death will be swallowed up in victory. Oh, my God. Once you accept Jesus. I love you, Hope Elam, and the best I have is Jesus. And that's why I just try to give y'all Jesus out of the Word of God, not my own intellectual idiosyncrasies of what I think. <laughs> Here's the Word. And, and uh, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved. Where's the Bible reader? Rightly dividing the word. If we get the word, my brother, we, we've already won. We've already won. But you know, every now and again, Jesus, we need a little reminder. Every now and again, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every now and again, we need to get uh, refueled because none of us are righteous. You know, no, not one. We make mistakes. We do things. But then it's a word called repentance. And, and, and then he covers us with his blood. Boy, y'all need to come to page two, boy. I tell you, I guarantee you, if you come to page two, I guarantee you, you will grow in the word of God. I guarantee you that. So those of you who are looking for a deeper understanding to know the story and to be able to connect the story like I do, come on, come to page two, and I'll walk you through it, okay? Because that's what it is. It's, it's, in, it's in your heart. And when we need to get recharged, and I can't wait till COVID-19 is over, 
this altar is going to be full. Because if you really want to get to God, you got to come on, Gretchen. You got to lay your all. You got to. You got you to gotta come and acknowledge. God, you've been absent in my heart. And God, you tried to show me some stuff, but I couldn't see it. So God. Oh God. Leave it all. On the altar. My time is up. Thank you for yours. Thank you.